Amen, amen. Hey, I love this, the phrase. I, I, I had to grab a pen and wrote. We sang a phrase to a song a while ago that says, I come reckless with praise. When's the last time you were reckless with your praise? I love that Pastor Chot's challenge. Man, we walk in somewhere, we ought to just be praise people. Amen? That'll mean more to you in just a few minutes after we dive into our scripture today. I want to look at a verse of scripture in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, 16 says this, The righteous may fall seven times, but they still what? Come on, let's start over. The righteous may fall seven times, but they still what? They get up, but the wicked will stumble into trouble. Today, we're going to launch a new series called Get Up. Get Up! Hey, would you agree with me that life has a tendency sometimes to knock us down? Anybody ever received a, a blow from just life that you weren't expecting? Come on, somebody. Anybody this week just had a rough week? Something happened that was unexpected, and it maybe was a setback. It kind of knocked you down a little bit. You know, life has a tendency of knocking us down, and it doesn't matter who you are, correct? Whether you're the professional or whether you can't spell that word, whether you're a graduate or a kindergartner, whether you're mature, whether you've got a big, fat bank account, or whether you, you don't life. Life doesn't play favorites, and it can strike a blow to us at any given moment. And there are so many people in our culture today that when life knocks them down, you know what they do? They tend to stay down. They, 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 they tend just to stay and hang right there. Or, or, or maybe when life knocks them down, they, they, they just resolve themselves that this is how it's going to be, and they take no initiative to change their outcome. Are you with me today? And if they're not careful, this, this, this apathy can begin to develop within our psyche. And can I tell you something? If that's you today, you are playing right into the hands of the enemy. You see, the devil wants you to stay down when life knocks you down, when it just kind of Mike Tyson's you. He wants you to stay there. But I want you to know that God has a greater desire for your life. He doesn't want you to stay down when life knocks you down. In fact, he wants you to get up. Come on, somebody. And here's the great thing about our God today. He stands ready to help us get back up. He wants to help you get up. If you fall today, I love this verse that we looked at in Proverbs 24. It's a reminder that if you fall today that you can get up by God's grace. If you fall seven times, Scripture says you can still get up. Hey, listen to me today. It's not the falling that defines us. It's getting up by the grace of God. You're not a failure just because you fall. You're only a failure if you stay face down on the ground. I love this quote by leadership guru John C. Maxwell. He says this, it's not the knockdown that defines you. It's the get up that does. I'm looking for, and I believe God's looking for some get-up people, some people that will get up when life, boom, knocks them down. Are you with me today? Y'all ready to go home? We can go home right now. We can go grab a flauta and call it a good day if we want to, right? Man, it's not the knockdown that defines you, but it's the get-up that does. I love that we just recognize graduates. They probably don't know what I'm about to talk about. How many of you remember Sesame Street? Come on. All right. Some of y'all got a little bit more excited about Sesame Street than did Jesus. Just uh, singing. We've been singing 30 minutes about him. Sesame Street. Woo! It's like radiant. The crazy ladies. 
Many of you are a part of that Sesame Street generation. You remember how you used to, you couldn't wait for it and you grabbed your bowl of cereal or that Pop-Tart. It didn't have to be. How many of you eat Pop-Tarts without putting them in that toaster? Come on, somebody. Come on, preach. And you sit there and you love Sesame Street. Some of you learned your ABCs and how to count to 10 through Sesame Street, right? You love the songs. Remember the songs? Oh, great songs. Love those songs. Yeah, I love it, right? Sesame Street had great characters, though, didn't they? Remember guys like Bert and Ernie? Yeah. Remember that old freaky oversized canary named Big Bird? Remember that, right? I mean, this was cutting-edge children's programming. It was the cutting-edge of its day, wasn't it? I love that. There's another character that stands out to me. Of course, he's, he's the epitome we found out on Sesame Street. He's the epitome of poor hygiene. Of course, I'm talking about who? Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. So many middle school boys today still take a page from Oscar the Grouch's playbook, right? I can't wait for youth camp this summer. Can't wait to walk into that middle school boy's dorm and just talk about some hygiene, right? In case you've been culturally deprived, let me tell you who this Oscar the Grouch was. Oscar was that big hairy creature with those big eyes, right? He, he had a bad attitude. And Oscar the Grouch lived in a what? Just so happens that we have one. Oscar lived in a trash can. Interesting to me. Oscar seemed to just love garbage. In fact, he, he even sang a song that we learned entitled, I Love Trash. Awesome, isn't he? Oscar loved trash. Here's the thing that I've discovered about Oscar as I matured past my Sesame Street days. Some of you are questioning that. Oscar doesn't have to live in the garbage can, but he chooses to. Oscar could have lived anywhere on Sesame Street, but Oscar chose to live in the trash. No, no wonder he had a bad attitude. I'm just wondering. No one would choose to live in the garbage, would they? In a way, you know what? As I look around our culture today, I see a lot of people who do just that. And it leads them to what I consider what might be one of the most curious questions that I find that Jesus ever asked people during his time here on earth. It's a bizarre question that, that we find in, in John chapter 5. I want to read this beginning in verse 1 to you. So pull out your Bibles, your, your tablet, your phone, whatever, and follow along with it. Or you can just follow the words on the screen. Hey, you remember the cartoon that used to have the bouncing ball too when we used to sing the words? Man, I would, hey, media team, man, I'll take you guys to like Dairy Queen if y'all can figure out how we can get that bouncing ball thing to work on the song. Man, I've talked about Pop-Tart, cereal, and verse 1 of John chapter 5, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of what? Bethesda. Say Bethesda. Bethesda. With five covered porches. There were crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed that lay on the porches. And one of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. Now, let me just stop real quick. We, we don't think that the, or know that the man laid here for 38 years. It's just scripture says he's been ill or sick for 38 years. 
And when Jesus saw him, verse 6 says, here's the big bizarre question. When Jesus saw this man that had been ill, paralyzed for 38 years, he asked him, would you like to get well? Is that not a weird question to you? So somebody that's, that's, that's been ill or paralyzed for, for 38 years, what, what Jesus finds him and says, would you like to get well? The man replied, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And so Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. How many of you know that Jesus is far more capable than any superstition or crazy wild dream that anybody ever concocts? Amen? Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, when did it happen? Instantly, the man was healed. And he rolled up his sleeping mat, and he began to walk. Father, I pray that as we dive into this passage today, that your Holy Spirit would once again reveal truth to us and challenge us and correct any negative feelings or thoughts that are running rampant in our mind. It's time to get up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus asked a lame man in John chapter 5 this strange question, do you want to get well? Now, of course, he wants to get well. Or maybe not. Jesus had come to Jerusalem, it says here in John chapter 5, during one of the yearly feasts, and there are thousands of pilgrims that came throughout Israel for this special time. And while he was there, he paid a visit to this place called Bethesda. It's interesting, Bethesda means the house of mercy. Come on, how many of you know that God knows some stuff when he gives things identities and names? He, he knows when he creates something and when he calls it something, he knows what he's doing. This pool of Bethesda was known as the house of mercy. It was a pool near the Sheep Gate in the northeastern section of the city. Scripture says that there were five colonnades, or, or you might call them porches, that, that were built around this pool. This might be one of the first J.W. Marriott type of resort type of of locations, right? Five colonnades, five porches that surrounded this pool. The Jews believed that an angel would come and periodically stir the waters of, of this pool. And, 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 and the first person that would enter into those waters once it was stirred would be healed of all their diseases. And so what you have here at the Pool of Bethesda are hundreds of sick people gathered around the pool. They're not there just tanning they are there waiting and hoping for the water to be stirred. And on this day, we read in John chapter 5 that Jesus passes by and he meets a man that has been an invalid for 38 years. Now, I'm no mathematician, but my iPhone is, and here's what that equals out to. 13,870 days if we were to go on our calendar right now. Now, I don't know how many days this man has been laying at the pool of Bethesda. Was this his first day there? I would probably tend to think it's not because he's already seen that there are so many people that are beating him into the pool when it's stirred, correct? But for almost 14,000 years of this man's life, he has been ill. He has been paralyzed. He is lame, Scripture says. And when Jesus finds out how long this man had been paralyzed, he asks him only one question. Do you want 
to be well. Now, on the surface, to me, that seems like a bizarre question. I mean, why else would this man be there? He's at the pool of Bethesda. The thought is, if I get into the pool once it's stirred, then I'm healed of all of my disease and my illnesses. Of course this man wanted to be well. But was Jesus somehow insulting his intelligence? No, I don't think so. You see, I think that Jesus was asking this man a a very serious question. He, he, He was asking because it was entirely possible that this man did not want to get well. How long had he been laying there? This, how, this, this, by the way, this is Frank. Can the camera get Frank right here? Can you, can you zoom in? Now, this, this, I didn't name him Frank. My father-in-law is probably watching, and his name is Frank. Pops, I'm not talking about you right now. I love you, and my birthday's coming up. This is a body bag from Grindhouse MMA. They wrestled with this guy. This guy's about 70 pounds. I went to pick him up, and I pulled a back muscle yesterday. It's ridiculous, Pastor Wimpy. Frank, can't you just picture Frank laying at the pool of Bethesda? What, what, was this his first week there? I don't know. Had it been multiple days that, that, that Frank had been there? Frank somehow knew about the pool of Bethesda because somehow, somebody, and so I, I begin to think, how long and, and, and what, what was taking place when Frank laid there at the pool of Bethesda? I mean, was there not, he, he says, I can't get into the water. Somebody always beats me. And I'm going, hey, where are his friends? Is there not a family member, somebody? Somebody evidently helped Frank get to the pool of Bethesda. But how rude, they just dropped him and left him there. Where, where are they? Where, where were they week one, maybe, that Frank was there? For, Frank's noticing that there are all these other people beating him into the water. And I think Frank's a little dejected when Jesus passes by this day. Where where, where are the family or friends there for Frank? Hey, did did no one else notice Frank? I mean, he's been laying there. He's he's been there. Was there no one else that noticed him? And and maybe might offer a hand, kind of good Samaritan type. Have you ever read that story? Was there no one else that just noticed, hey, this guy's been here a while. Can, Can... what about one of the people that were healed? Woohoo, I'm healed, and it's all about me now. No, no, no. Oh, I'm going to help you, Frank. Where were they? Yeah. And my mind goes to places like, well, did Frank even do anything to help himself? Frank, you can at least roll, bro. If you just did one rotation a day, surely at some point you're going to fall into the, to the pool. Can you army crawl, Frank? Frank, will you do anything to help yourself? Oh, come on now. This, this is about to get real in this house. But my questions like that begin to fill my mind about this man, this invalid for 38 years, laying there, just hoping and longing to be in the pool. And I just wonder if Frank really wanted to change. I just wonder if anybody really want to change for Frank. Hey, you know what? As I look out in this room today and, 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 and interact with people, listen, there are so many people around here that I believe are a lot like Frank. You, you need a breakthrough. You need a change in your life. But, but some of us aren't willing to change. You know why? Change is scary, isn't it? 
Ch change is, is scary, and, and sometimes it's just easier to stay the way you are, right? Um, everyone wants progress, but no one wants change. I, I, I heard somebody this week, uh, um, mm, I mean church, so I can't say what I want. They, they were complaining a little bit about, about the road construction on Main Street. And how they were trying to get down Main Street at 10 o'clock one night this week. And, and, and the roads on Main Street had been locked down to, to just one single lane. And, and they had to wait. And it caused them to be delayed about 37 seconds from reaching their destination. That's what their phone said. And I'm going, bro, listen, you're, you're the, we, we, you've been complaining about potholes and bumps and, and the Bernie bump in front of the Catholic church. Don't you love that? How many of you get in the right-hand lane when you pass the Catholic church just to hit the Bernie bump? It is a Dukes of Hazard moment. I strongly encourage you to try that this week. The Bernie bump. Woo! If you take your hands off the wheel, it is exhilarating. <laughs> Fix the potholes, but... But, man, now you're delaying my arrival. 37 seconds. Everybody wants progress, but no one really wants change. And I'm just wondering for Frank, as he laid there at the pool of Bethesda, if Frank really, really wanted change. Change is hard, even when we know we need to change. And for so many people in that are maybe like Frank, life has knocked you down. Listen, it, we, we, we get used to being like this. We, we, we get used to maybe being dysfunctional, and, and we can't imagine life any other way. And I believe that Jesus is stepping into this room right now in this moment, just as he stepped into this, this pool of Bethesda area. And, and, and I think the question that Jesus has for all of us listening either online or live today is this. Hey, do you really want to be changed? Do you really want to be changed? If the answer is yes, can I just tell you something then? Then miracles can happen in your life. But if the answer is no, if the answer is no, then even Jesus cannot help you. This man in John chapter 5 had been in this paralyzed condition so long that, 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 that he might have, have been almost afraid to become well. And I think that's like a lot of us listening today. When, when it comes to maybe whatever baggage we bring into our life. That, that, that trash can living. You know, it blows me away that there are some people in our culture today that I believe are, are okay living in the garbage can, that, that, that baggage of our lives. And we all have experienced garbage. We, we, we all have, have experienced some pain of our past, that there may be people here today that, 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 that do have some sort of physical hindering ailment. Maybe you've been given a, 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 a diagnosis that, that, that you need a miracle worker to step into your life. I'm telling you, you're in the right place, Right? But some of us are experiencing maybe some, some hurts and pains from our past. Maybe there's been abuse. Maybe there's been betrayal. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's been a tragedy. And it's, it's, it's so easy to begin to define your role in life as, as a, a victim, isn't it? You, you, you may very well have been the victim of, of some person or situation that hurt you very much and something that was completely 
out of your control. But, but listen, continuing to dwell on the pain of your past, continuing to, to define yourself by, by the pain of your past is in some ways, well, it's like following Oscar. It's, 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 it's going back there. It, it's continuing just to, gosh, there's trash in here right now. It's continuing just, I can't even get a clean trash can, you see? It's continuing to live here in this. It's, it's, so many people are like living in a trash can. They're dwelling on it. They're dwelling in it, the garbage of life. And I know you hate it, but you keep returning to it mentally. You, you, you keep going back there emotionally. And you start to develop this Oscar outlook on life. You're negative. You're, you're, you're grouchy. You're, you're thin-skinned. You, you, you keep pitying yourself too much. You, and you know what happens? You, you, you might even spill garbage on other people as well, right? You know anybody like that? But here's why I'm glad you're here today. Because I think it's to people like that that Jesus steps into their life just like he did in John chapter 5. And he asks the question, do you want to get well? Do you? Do you really want to get well? Do you really want to change? Hey, hey, listen, you need to know something. That living amidst the garbage of your past is a choice. It's a choice. And I choose if I want to keep going back there. I might not have been able to choose this situation in my life. But so many of us choose this, don't we? And we keep living there. Today, there are millions of people that I believe are sitting beside pools of Bethesda. Pools that cannot truly bring them healing. Like, like, like Solomon that we read about in the Old Testament, there are so many people that are trying money as a pool. You, 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 you're, you're trying knowledge or, or maybe painting the town red and not withholding from their eyes anything that they see they want, right? Other people are sitting by pools of Bethesda trying to, to be successful. If I just had some power, right? If I just had a certain social status, they try all sorts of things except the spiritual that can truly bring their healing. You see, the person that stepped into that pool of Bethesda area in John chapter 5, the one that truly brought the healing that day to Frank's life, and the one that can step into your life today and bring the healing and the change that you need, he's one and the same, and his name is Jesus. That's what he does. So the question I have for you today is, do you want to be made well inside your heart? And if you do, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to give up your pools of Bethesda. And you're going to have to turn to the risen living Christ to lead you to your healing. Come on, somebody. Can I just tell you something about Jesus? Jesus has been setting people free from their emotional trash cans for over 2,000 years now. And he's not going to stop 
He's still more than able and more than capable of setting you free and bringing the change and bringing the healing that you've been looking for and longing for. Hey, quit running to your pools of Bethesda and run to a Savior. His name is Jesus. Woo! Now, let me just give you a fair warning. Let me give you a heads up. Because if you run to Jesus, that's going to mean maybe facing your issues instead of running from them. It's going to require maybe you begin to work through some of that garbage. For some of you, maybe that is even setting an appointment to visit a trained counselor. I had an incredible interaction with a gentleman today that, that, that I met July the 10th, I believe, of last year. And he just tears running down his face. I love to see grown men cry. I think it takes a big man to cry. Now, I would never do that in public. But I just, <laughs> y'all know that I'm biggest anyway but this man just talked about the change that Jesus has brought into his life he said this he said preacher I've looked at it in so many different areas but it wasn't until I really really realized that Jesus was the only one that could set me free somebody needs to hear that today it's happening right now in people's lives you might have to set up a time to meet with a professional. I'm telling you, it's going to mean that maybe for some of you, you need to do some forgiving to get out of this way of living. It's going to definitely require, I believe, a lot of praying. And it's going to allow letting Jesus come into your life, even to those deepest, darkest corners that you think you've got tucked away that no one can see. Hey, listen, you might be able to pull one on over a balding, overweight preacher, but you can't pull one over on Jesus Christ. He sees inside. And he knows. But do you want to be healed? You see, I love that this declaration's, declaration's made about Jesus long before he was ever born. Before he was born, they were prophesying that he would come and save people from their sins. He, he would come and deliver people from the garbage and the junk and funk that life throws us. This past, these sins that, that we've all done, sins that have been done to us. The Bible says that Jesus came to rescue us from those. And I'm just telling you, they don't ever have to be a part of your life again. You see, Jesus spoke to Frank's life, didn't he? Frank, I want you to get up, pick up that mat, and Frank, walk. What happened? This is going to be bad. <laughs> Frank got up and he began to walk. <laughs> this is awkward right now. This, Frank began to walk. And I'm telling you, Jesus can do that for you today as well. Jesus wants to step into your life and bring the healing. So listen, whatever you've done before today, it doesn't matter anymore because you need to know something that Jesus died. He took the rap. He took the penalty for your sin and your funk and your junk, and he paid the price. He stands ready today to forgive you. This is the day that some of you could say, hey, listen, Jesus, I want you to heal me. Jesus, I'm yours. Today, Jesus, I, I want to start all over with a clean heart. I want to get out of garbage, trash can type of living. And I want to begin anew, anew. The Jesus in John chapter 5 is the same Jesus with us today. Do you believe that? And a miracle can take place if you will make a move. Would you stand with me this morning? Prayer ministry team, come join a preacher down front if you don't mind. Listen, I believe today it's time for someone to make a move. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just talk to you this morning. 
Listen, I know that for many of you, the trash in your past, it is very real. But listen, you don't have to live there any longer. You can leave the past where it belongs. You can follow Jesus to a brand new beginning. And I believe that Jesus is here today. And right now he's saying to someone, just as he said to that man at the pool of Bethesda, I think Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you've laid here far too long. It's time for you to make a move. I died to break that power of that thing that has broken you. Hey, it's time for you to make a move. Would you just give it to me? Would you just let me touch it? Would you let me in that dark closet of your life? Would you let me give you a new beginning? It's time to make a move. Here's what we're going to do today. We believe that the Jesus that heals in John chapter 5 can still heal today. Now I want you to hear what I said. Who, who does the healing? Jesus does it. Humans don't. Jesus does it. And I know that in a room this size, there might be someone here today that you're like Frank. And there is some physical calamity that has come upon you. And today just might be the day that Jesus wants to come in and bring healing to your life. Come on, somebody. Jesus does that. For others, there might be some emotional pain or struggle, some, 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 something that you've dealt with for far too long that has caused you to live in the garbage. You keep going there. Listen, you don't have to, to keep living there. That's your choice. I think Jesus is telling all of us today, if, if you need healing, if you want to change, if you want to be made new, you must make a move. And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to pray, and in my prayer, if that's you, I want you to start coming, and I want you to find one of my friends down front, and I want you to tell them, hey, listen, I want to be healed. And you tell them what you want to be healed of. Listen, you've got to declare what you need to be healed of. You, you declare it before God. God, I want you to heal me of whatever it is. You declare it. And then we're going to pray, and we're going to see what Jesus does in our lives today. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss, and people are going to be leaving, but if you want to come, you come right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today that you want to bring change. You don't want any of us to continue to lay beside the pool of Bethesda, but you want us to run to the arms of a Savior who is more than able to bring change and new life, to take away our hurts and our pains. There is healing in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that right now would break loose in this house. Come on, Lord, do it. Do it, Lord. Set people free today, Father. Father, I pray for the physical to take place today, Lord. Lord, I'm praying, God, for that emotional garbage and funk that, that life is... Lord, I'm praying that people be set free today. Come on, if that's you, I want you to come right now. Don't delay any longer. You need to make a move. You need to make a move towards Jesus for the healing to happen. Father, I'm praying that right now that no one leave here sick lame, afflicted any longer, that they would be set free, Lord. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Come on, the old things can pass away today and you can leave here new. Father, I'm praying that right now in the mighty name of Jesus, oh, Holy Spirit, break loose in this house. Bring it, Father. Set us free, Lord. 
There's healing in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, Lord, for your glory. Jesus, do it right now. Do it, Father. The saints are praying in this room right now. Every saint is praying. There have been some set free people I know right now, and you're lifting up, you're calling upon the name of the Lord right now for the healing to take place for some people to be set free. Come on, church, let's lift it up. Come on, let's fill this room right now. Lord, do it, Father. Do it, Father, for your glory. Yours alone. Not for ours, but for yours. Woo, thank you, Lord. Father, we leave this place right now. Father, we leave in your power and your strength. And Father, we pray that you would send us to be an influencer for you. We're going to leave quietly because the Spirit of God is loose and doing some work right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. Continue to pray. Thank you, Lord. Bring it, Father. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Bring the healing, Lord. Emotional pain, take it, wipe it out right now, Father. Father, wipe it clean right now. Let's see ourselves through your lens, Father. Father, physical ailments, disease, we pray against that in the name of Jesus right now, Father. Do it, Lord. Through you, all things are possible. Through Jesus, all things are possible. Through Christ at work in us, all things are possible. Do it, Father. Set us free, Father. Do a work. Do a work, Father. Glory.